This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ken Unger. Ken is the president and founder of Charge, a sponsorship marketing agency. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Roman. It's great to be here. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, there were tons of pivots along the way. (laughs) So I uh, was born in Brooklyn, New York, Um, grew up in New York, uh, then uh, moved to the Midwest when I was a teenager. Um, In college, I studied government, politics, and business, where I really got the, uh, the bug for all three of those. Afterwards, I went uh, back to New York and went to Columbia Law School and uh, ended up practicing law for five years uh, after law school. But I, I couldn't resist the pull of government. So after five years of being a practicing lawyer, I uh, joined the staff of the governor of Indiana, Evan Bayh. And uh, I uh, was in government service for four years, which was really great, really rewarding. Uh, but after that, I made the jump to sports. And uh, so so it's lots of pivots so far, right? So there's uh, law school to law to government to sports. I uh, was at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and IndyCar, where I was the chief of staff. I reported to the CEO and I helped him run the business. And it was there that I really kind of got the book for sports marketing. And uh, that was a while ago. But uh, through the time that I was in auto racing, I loved marketing, loved sports marketing, and really picked up uh, kind of, uh, again, the bug for sponsorship. And so about 15 years ago, I I left um, sports, started my own agency, started Charge. And uh, we specialize in all forms of sponsorship, not just in sports, but outside of sports. But I've been loving my business and helping clients uh, ever since. That's awesome. And I think like each of those uh, building blocks, you've taken something and obviously applied the learnings from each of those careers to what you currently do. I mean, I pivoted into digital marketing out of necessity. I thought I was going to go the criminal justice route. Well, at first before that, to go into the Marine Corps as a Marine Corps officer, you know, I got sick. I didn't go that route. I interned with the Secret Service, thought I was going to go, you know, federal law enforcement and then a recession hit. So like out of necessity, obviously, there's different ways you you pivot into what you currently do and like the path. And I think there's no wrong path. But, you know, finding something that you're passionate about, either by accident or necessity or through a process, I think is key. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that that passion point is is what kind of really drives people. So the advice that I have when when people, especially a lot of people ask me how to get into sports and I, there was no pathway to get into sports. It was about following your passion. Each each step that I took, 
I followed something I was really passionate about and really tried to be the best at what I was passionate about. And I think that's the secret because none of us can plan a career. There's just too many things that, that go right or go wrong uh, to have a plan. So I, I agree with you about that passion point. Yeah. And I think now is the perfect time with everything going on and, you know, people not necessarily knowing if they're going to stay in the same career path or may have gotten laid off or let go and have had, you know, passion projects and things like that on the sidelines. If, you know, marketing or anything like that, if you're passionate about it, now is the perfect time to gain experience and really kind of get your foot in the door as well. Yeah. I think right now as a, as an economy, um, we're really at a point where people are deciding what's important to them. And the things that are not important are falling away, whether that's a job or a career path. And, and I think people are really following what's important. And I think that's great because they're going to be happier. They're going to be more successful. They're going to make more money. All those things happen when you do that. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of kind of working with clients, do you primarily work with, you know, in a specific sport in general? Do you at this point kind of run the gamut of different things in terms of other companies outside of sports that, you know, you work with or what kind of, um, you know, business structure? Who do you next uh, work with in terms of clients now? Yeah, that's a great question. And and so generally we work with brands who, who people who are sponsors. And one example of that is uh, Honda and Acura have been clients of ours uh, for all 15 years. And so we will help them with sponsorship. Um, We work with properties. So that could be, for example, a racetrack or an event. And so we have clients on, on that side. Um, And, and we've worked in all different sports. We worked in auto racing. Uh, NASCAR was a client of ours. Uh, I was a NFL um, certified contract advisor. We worked in football we worked in basketball, uh, the Olympic sports, but also outside of sports and brands and properties. Uh, we also work with not-for-profits. Um, I love to share more about that because I think there's an exciting trend for not nonprofit corporate sponsorship. But we also work with non nonprofits in terms of helping them build revenue um, through corporate sponsorship. So it's a really it's a wide variety of different clients uh, that we've had over the last 15 years. Yeah. And in terms of kind of nonprofits, uh, you know, there's several uh, situations or several funds and and money allotted that a lot of nonprofits don't know about that they can get kind of earmarked for marketing that is, you know, like a one-time grant and you don't have to pay it back. I know uh, being in digital marketing, I know um, Google in terms of Google ads offers, if you can, you know, prove your, you know, your accreditation as obviously a nonprofit formally and then like meet the parameters, they'll give you uh, $10,000 of advertising for free. So there are opportunities like that, that a lot of nonprofits don't know about as well. Yeah, it's a really exciting opportunity for them to expand their, you know, kind of mix of revenue. So they don't have to rely just on donations. But you're exactly right, whether it's grants from companies like Google, or or other opportunities. um, I think kind of knowing that there's a lot of different buckets of revenue for nonprofits is really important because really all they, they what they want to do is to bring in fuel for their mission so they create impact in the world. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time and circumstances and variables in your life, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Yeah, I, I kind of learned pretty early in my career that um, I call it that ideas change the world. And so 
what it is is a different way of thinking or a different way of solving a problem or a different way of building a project or a program. So what drives me is to to look at a challenge that a client's having, um, something they want to overcome, they want to build, and finding that idea that really changes their world, um, a different approach to a problem or even uh, an approach they haven't thought of. And so that drives me because um, really what you're doing is you're creating and you're building. And that was kind of the principal reason that I'm not a lawyer anymore is that um, I still have a a license to practice, but I don't practice because that what to me wasn't about building and creating. And so now I get to flex that muscle every day and and help clients do that. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the first companies I worked um, for was LexisNexis in terms of like their legal side. So I did uh, digital marketing for small, medium and large size law firms around uh, the country and then, you know, managed a seven figure portfolio, you know, law firms that spent 100K or more with LexisNexis. And it was like, they took that lawyer approach to even like haggle and stuff like that for certain things that they were getting in their contract. So I felt like I was in the courtroom sometimes in terms of like getting cross-examined with some of the things that like, you know, we were doing for them as well. So it's funny. Yeah, that is, that is funny. And you know, what's interesting now in talking to lawyers um, is they don't, well, I, I can't generalize, but a lot of them don't quite understand the power of digital marketing, the power of branding, and how that could be really transformative to their practice and also separate them because, you know, a lot of people think a lawyer is a lawyer is a lawyer and to create some kind of brand differentiation. Like there's so much potential. I love talking to lawyers and kind of opening their minds to that potential. Yeah. And I think it's important to demonstrate that differentiation and that personal side, who your attorneys are, what your core values as a firm, you know, are, because if you're, let's say a criminal justice a criminal defense firm um, in New York City, there's a lot of them and they'll claim that they all are the best or do the same thing. So what makes you attract the ideal client? Because obviously you get to a certain point, you can refer the business out if somebody comes to you, if you can take the case and obviously still get compensated for it, but you're looking for like the right fit in terms of what your uh, law firm or business aligns with. So demonstrating who you are and what you're about will obviously attract that right, you know, potential client or case. Yeah. You kind of hit it right on the head. And that's really, I I look at that's all marketing is that right. I mean, it's about taking a product or service or anything and differentiating it, showing how it's unique, showing how it's different from, you know, its nearest competitor, whether it's a law firm or whether, you know, it's a consumer product same challenge you have in marketing all the time. Yep, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Yeah, I used to hate problems. <laughs> I think everybody hates problems, but I really, it it was just something I would view it as a brick wall. And so I would go from problem to problem feeling like I keep running into things. and then. I kind of recognize that that you know oppor- problems are really opportunities in disguise, and really what happened was instead of viewing it as a brick wall, I started to dedicate myself to helping solve them. And so, 
you know, we work in sponsorship. That's what our agency does. But I really think a lot of what we do is about problem solving and connecting the dots. And so no matter what the pro- no matter what the issue is, no matter what the problem. So kind of like an NBA player that, you know, is looking to turn their weakest shot into their strongest shot. Um, I just focus on solving problems. And that's it, it's pretty much become the cornerstone of what I do for a living now. Yeah, I mean, it can be like go even further in terms of kind of alleviating a need or doing something that's a pain point for a business and really like creating, well, at the end of the day, creating value and creating, you know, revenue generation in terms of like if we're talking about marketing as an example. But if you already know like what their pain points were or if they worked with previous agencies and they've had the same things in terms of, you know, what you're offering them, what is, what is that differentiation? If they had a bad experience, what can you do to kind of make them feel, you know, safe and and trust in terms of what you're going to do for them. So I think there's some of that there as well. Yeah. I mean, again, I think you, you hit it on the head. Imagine if you take a company that whose digital marketing is their pain point and you turn that into their strength Right. And all of a sudden, you know, their their Instagram page or whatever drives incredible amounts of, you know, revenue or traffic to them. They 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 kind of turned what was a weakness. You help them through a digital marketing to turn it into a strength. It, that that would be an awesome example. Yeah. And I think it's building the brand and value in the brand and brand visibility. And then obviously market share in terms of what you do online. So people recognize the brand, the name. And in a lot of situations, I've had to explain to a company, okay, we're generating, creating all this content, creating a content strategy, making your website robust in terms of increasing organic traffic over time, because that's a selling point. Like if it's generating sales, leads, inquiries, whatever else you're measuring on the website in terms of, you know, sales or contacts, if you get more of that and you create a, you know, a process for that, and you can basically show that on average, we're getting a thousand sales a month from this, or, you know, a thousand people reaching out or calling, that's valuable in terms of an asset if you decide to sell a company. I mean, I've been in companies where that department was sold solely, the department itself was an afterthought. They were basically buying the company because of the website. The website was getting maybe 20, 30, 40 million uh, visits a month and it was in the specific industry. So like things like that really takes time to explain and the value of building a powerful brand. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And it's not only takes time to explain, but what I've also found, it it takes patience, right? Teaching teaching the business patience because brands and especially digital brands are not built overnight, right? You might think of like a viral success on YouTube or whatever, but like most of these brands or, or web traffic, it is day after day, month after month, year after year of, of sustained excellence. So getting a client to recognize, hey, you got to be a little bit patient, <laughs> but you know, you'll know you you'll enjoy the rewards of it down the road. I, I, I agree with you completely. Yeah. Consistency is one of the biggest things I think in digital, especially in organic search SEO, because if you get someone the desired results, they just say, why am I paying you now? You've got me to where you want to be because I mean, that's not how it works. If you stop doing 
everything and focusing on that, you know, campaign, eventually you're going to be overtaken by your competitors. There's, you know, a few things that move the the needle. Basically, you do something to your website, your competitors do something to their sites that obviously you'll you'll get overtaken. Search trends change or there's algorithm updates. Outside of that, nothing is going to move the needle really in that space. So if you just have that mindset, and that's hard to explain too in a specific dip, discipline or something like, like you mentioned, social. So if you have a social media strategy, you have to develop a cadence that you can keep up with. If you're able to do, you know, one post a day, then you should stick with that and not, you know, escalate it to, let's say, 10. And then two weeks later, you know, you do one. And then a month later, you have a lull and then you do another one. Like consistency, I think, is one of the biggest things to explain as well. Yeah, you know, I when I have that conversation and I do have that conversation with clients, I, I compare it to our work with athletes because um, whether you're an Olympic athlete or an NFL athlete, it is training every single day. And it's that training that builds upon that, but it's that consistently showing up for every workout, for every training session that makes a championship Olympic athlete. And so it's the same thing with a business, right? You, 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 you stop, um, you, you're not consistent in kind of the messaging that you do or whatever. You're not going to have the results that a championship athlete would have. It's the same process, but for business and digital marketing. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it before, but I think it's um, be the best at what you're passionate at. And because I think it's really difficult over time. And I think people are seeing that right now. A lot of people, so many people are burned out on what they're doing. But if you're passionate about what you're doing, regardless, regardless of the money, right? Um, money is not a passion. Uh, money is the byproduct of passion. But if you're, if, if you're trying to be the best at what you're passionate about, you won't burn out. You'll be driven forward. Um, and eventually you'll, you'll attain whatever you want to attain that I think it's both personal and professional cuts over both, but that that's, I think what I'd share with your audience. What, 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 uh, I, I don't know if it's wisdom or whatever, but it's just something that I've lived my life by. Yeah. I, I personally, well, I mean, I've said on a lot of interviews, like in terms of wisdom versus knowledge, I, I value wisdom and look for wisdom in terms of hiring people, uh, different business partnerships and scenarios and situations they've been through. So they become more battle tested in that sense. I mean, if you have somebody straight out of college that has a marketing degree, I've, I've spoken before in universities to outgoing classes of digital marketing students. And it was like mentioning some of these things and kind of just like, a scared straight approach because they've been kind of coddled in a way and kept in this bubble and don't necessarily understand what, you know, the real world is in terms of marketing and different relationships. And they may not get their dream job right away. So it's like, you know, one of those things where like, even like I said, wisdom versus knowledge, that wisdom component, I think is more of the soft skills are accompanying in that as well. So with time and experiences, you develop a better and more kind of refined emotional IQ. You develop emotional empathy and leadership skills through that. And I value that as well in business and in marketing. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Roman. And I, I just add one more thing. I think like failure is a really important component of wisdom. And it's not necessarily age dependent, but if you haven't failed, 
you haven't learned. And if you haven't learned, you haven't gained that wisdom component of what you're talking about. So I, and it's not fearing failure, right? It's it's getting in there, making honest mistakes, but learning from them. That's how you get great, really, really good in your career. Yeah. And I think if you haven't failed, you haven't truly reached your potential or succeeded or reached that level of success, I think, that you can potentially reach. Because regardless of whatever your variable is, you inherit a company or you get thrown in an ideal role, there will be challenges and, you know, learning experiences and something will go wrong. But if something goes wrong and if you have a failure, as long as you learn something from it and then able to apply it and not repeat it, or if it's a learning experience, like if your business going in one direction, you get obviously feedback from the market, it didn't work, so on and so forth you can pivot in a different direction based on those findings and insights. But if you don't go through that, you may be doing the same thing over and over again, hitting a wall and then never learning where, you know, you need to move as a business. That's exactly right. I I agree with that spot on Roman. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah. If you go to our website, chargesponsorship.com, we have a lot of free resources uh, in the insights section about how you can start sponsorship, how you can get better at sponsorship. We have, you know, ebooks and articles and all that to really help people get started and become better um, at sponsorship. And also, uh, we recently published a book called Sponsorship Strategy, and you can find that at at sponsorshipstrategybook.com. Again, it's something to get you started and really get good at sponsorship so you can help attain the, uh, the goals of your organization. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks, Roman. It was nice to be here. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.